0: Right, welcome along to another edition of the How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast. Joining me this week is Brady Charles. Brady, how's it going?
1: Hey, I'm good.
0: That's the most enthusiastic response I think I've had so far. You, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like
1: that.
0: I can tell you're really up for this. <laughs> so just to give um, just to give people some sort of context as to as to who you are i mean a lot of people who come on this show they write about wrestling or they do a wrestling podcast you actually write about baseball or more specifically you write about the red Sox. is that right
1: yeah i uh i moved to vermont in like right around like christmas of oh six no it was uh, yeah i was yeah, it was, no, it was, like, yeah, around that time. Christmas was six, spring of 07, and I started watching the Red Sox. Uh, I grew up in Kansas City, so I've been a Chiefs fan forever, but the Royals were just awful during that time. So even though I went to games, like, they weren't, like, good enough to, like, follow as I, you know, mo- as I moved all across the country, because I've, I've lived, like, everywhere. And so... Uh, I needed a way to kind of, like, fit in with the kids at school. And so I got Nesson in the hotel, you know, in the hotel we were at, and I just started watching Red Sox games. And we started moving again, and I just kept up. And, of course, that was the year they won the World Series. And I ended up moving to Colorado um, later that year. So they ended up facing the Rockies in the World Series. So, like, it all worked out. And they won, and I've been a fan ever since, and, like, I've, I've gone, I'm gone to school to try and, uh, you know, get a job in baseball. I've abandoned that. I mean, I'm still in school, but I don't really care about working in baseball anymore because that's just a, it's a dumpster fire. Trying to work in sports is, like, really, really hard. You're going to get, you're not going to get paid shit. You know, the, the <laughs> amount of people that are trying to qualify for those jobs is just, and so and that's just something I kind of abandoned. But I'm still a fan. And now I get paid a little bit to write about them. So uh, that's fun.
0: And the, and the website is, is it overthemonster.com? Yeah, it's
1: the SB Nation affiliate, Over the Monster. I started writing there what, in 2019? Which kind of stinks, because, like, baseball has kind of gone down to the crapper lately. Like, like you're, you're, a, you're a big soccer fan, because you have posted about this in the group. And the thing that just happened with the proposed EuroLeague, It was kind of like, I'm trying to Americanize, like, European soccer. And the reason you don't want that to happen is because then it ends up like what baseball is right now, where a third of the league just doesn't care and they don't try. Like, so that's kind of where the Red Sox are at right now. Like, they won the World Series in 2018. They won, like, 108 games in the regular season. You know, absurd. And next year kind of slumps a little bit. They fired their GM, who assembled the World Series team. They trade their best player. And they don't really do anything in free agency. So they're just kind of coasting by on, you know, like, short-term deals and the core that was there before. And I don't really know what the end goal is. So it makes rooting for that team kind of hard, like when you trade your future Hall of Fame, you know, Hall of Fame corner outfielder. And so, like, there was a long period of time in there where I felt like I would have been a better, you know, uh, writer, not in the actual like, ways of writing because I would have been terrible, but like I would have known more about the team. And I, by the time I got that job, it was like my enthusiasm was kind of, you know, falling. And now, like this year, I've managed to kind of divorce the on-field away from the off-field and the, you know, the front office team building stuff and just enjoy the game for what it is. So I'm trying to do more analysis of on-field stuff as opposed to complaining about what they do off the field. And uh this made baseball kind of fun to watch again for the meantime until something else screws it up.
0: <laughs> How do you think they've handled the whole pandemic?
1: Oh, the MLB handled it. Ah, man. And none of the sports leagues except for the NBA the first time around really handled it well because the NBA, the well, NBA and NHL, they both bubbled. The MLB didn't. And so, it was kind of a disaster where you had, like, uh, what, the Marlins had a big, uh, had a, no, they had a, a, a epidemic in their clubhouse, and they had to sit out a bunch of games. I, there was another, I think the Cardinals had one too, so they lost like a week and a half worth of games. They implemented a bunch of dumb rules that are still in place this season for whatever reason, like the seven inning double headers and the uh, man on second rule with extra innings, and it's ugh, it like it, it sucks. But you know, once you like, if it's just like a regular game. Nine innings. Like, it's fun. It's still baseball. You know, there's some little quirks here and there. Like, uh, you know, kind of like just the way the game is moved with, like, harder with, like, more power, more strikeouts, so on and so forth, that, like, some aesthetic choices that people might not like. I'm kind of I'm cool with that. But it's, yeah, it's, they could have handled it better. But, like, you know, like I said, no league except the NHL and NBA really handled it well because they had a bubble
0: obviously we're here to talk about wrestling today uh, so we'll move on to wrestling in just in just a second but i also want to talk to you about selling bals uh, let me let me see if i can get the pronunciation right balsamic vinegar and uh-huh. extra virgin olive oil at everydaygames.com right. yeah uh, yeah my mom and i have a company
1: where we sell balsamic vinegar and extra virgin olive oil it's our own original recipes that started in like in what was that? It was the year Matt Harvey had his dick injury. He was, like, 2014. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, I, I, had, I took a little bit of time out of college to help her launch that and, you know, we did shows, and the pandemic's kind of been a little rough for us because our whole, you know, well, not all of our business, we do online stuff, but, like, strong majority of our business is trade shows, and we couldn't do that. And so, you know, we were hurting for a bit, and we managed to do one show, like I really didn't want to do it, but we you know we kind of had to. We did a show in Texas, and that helped us. that helped tide us over. And we both came out you know safe. You know, we didn't, you know we didn't test positive or anything. So that worked out. So uh, but now, like I'm two days out from being two weeks out of my second shot, so I'll be good. And so I'm looking forward to kind of hitting back the road again. And uh, getting back into school, too, because I've been out of school for the past year, because I wasn't going to you know, school. Because I'm in Louisiana, and Louisiana is, like, not really handled this well. Like, the culture around here is just, like, if you go into a Walmart, there's, like, a 60, 40, or 70, 30 split between, like, masked and unmasked. So it's not like what I hear from my friends with, like, what it's like up in New York or in Connecticut I mean, or something of like that.
0: From an outsider's perspective, from someone living in the UK who's obviously looking at what's going on across the pond, my perception—I might be wrong—but my perception is: the further south you go, the worse the sort of reaction to the pandemic has been. Does it, is, that, is that a fair? Is that a fair comment, or not really?
1: I mean, it depends because there's like I mean because there are states like up in up in the north too. I mean, they're not like these aren't like blue states or anything like North Dakota, South Dakota that handled it terribly. Wisconsin's not handled it well. Uh, I don't know about in terms of case numbers, but in terms of process, because I know they I think they stripped away their mask mandate or they've been trying to for a long time, and uh, and even like some of the states like New York, like New York has handled it terribly you know, covering up deaths in nursing homes. And, right. you know, about, yeah. like, a year ago in March, they had, you know, those was a disaster. Uh, so, like, there have not like, I mean, like, California's had, like, their ups and downs, too. And so, yeah, no one's really covering themselves in glory here except for, like, you know, New Zealand, where my friend lives. And, uh, you know, a handful of other countries. But in the States, nah, it's, it's been a disaster.
0: So of course here on the show we talk about how you became a wrestling fan in the first place and how your sort of fandom has evolved over the years and the first question I ask everyone on this show is what is your earliest memory of wrestling so uh what's the first memory you have of uh of wrestling? So
1: that's rough because I because like I didn't grow up in a wrestling household uh and and across like like moving across the country like I did, it just I never really had any friends, you know, in all the places I lived that were really big into it. The earliest that I can think of is when I was in Los Alamos, New Mexico, when I was in like fourth, fifth grade or so. I went over to a friend's house, and he had like one of like the the WWE video games, and so like you had. You know, they had all the, you know, the divas and, like, Undertaker, Triple H, you know, guys like that. I had no idea who really, like, any of them were. I was just like, oh, the girls are pretty. And that's it. And so I don't have, like, any other, like, recollection other than that. Oh, and uh, USA was always on in our house, like, during the midday. Because Mom liked the, you know, the syndicated programming, the Law & Order. It, like, played Law & Order at SVU, like, all day long. And so I'd seen commercials for Raw... And I'd see, like, the Spinner Bell, and I'd see, like, Randy Orton and Chong Cena. So I knew those names. I knew vaguely what they looked look like. And I would see ads for TNA pay-per-views because they were trying to catch, you know, people, you know, the WWE fans watching, I guess, USA. I guess that's what their advertising bundle, you know, part of that was airing on USA. So I would see ads for TNA. But I never, I never thought anything of it. It was just like, oh, that's the stupid
0: wrestling that's, that comes on at whatever. <laughs> so, apart from the sort of divas uh, that you noticed and how attractive they were, uh, what wrestlers kind <laughs> of um, captured your imagination as a kid? I mean, how old were you? So you you were well, in fourth grade no, you say at the time.
1: Uh, no, uh, well, I, went, I didn't become a wrestling I didn't become a wrestling
0: fan until what twenty fifteen. Oh, okay. And right. so, outside of that,
1: that was just like fourth grade observation. It's like uh, and outside of that, and then you never think about it again, uh, like, I think someone's binder, like, in sixth grade, had, like, a, you know, had, like, a wrestler or something on it, but, like, it's, that that might not even be true, I might just be misremembering, (laughs) that's a, (laughs) I remember, I remember when, uh, like, an, oh, summer of, like, oh, six, oh, seven, when I was in Louisiana, because, a bunch of my family lives down here, um, one of my cousins or whatever that came over asked to turn on, like, a SmackDown. And so they turned that on, and I think it was some sort of, like, tag match happening, and it didn't really interest me whatsoever, so I went and did something else. Uh, That's about it. So what what kind of hooked
0: you... Sorry, what kind of hooked you in, in in
1: 2015, then? So, I... So... I was watching the the, uh, National League Division series between the Giants and whoever they're playing in the playoffs in 2014, and this big bearded guy comes out and leads the, you know, does like the Yes Champs, and I'm like, oh my god, who is this guy? This guy is so cool. And I'm like, oh, that's Daniel Bryan. All right. Oh, he's a wrestler. Okay. And uh, there's this weird intersection of like baseball, Twitter, and wrestling fans. And so, I would start seeing people talk about, you know, Daniel Bryan this, Roman Reigns that, you you, can't go with Roman Reigns, they need to go with Daniel Bryan, so on and so forth. And that was around, like, October of 2014. And so, then I kind of noticed this stuff over the next couple months. And then, January of 2015, a bunch more people were talking about this thing called the Royal Rumble. And I'm like, Oh my goodness! These are like you know people I never see talk about wrestling, talk about it. So I asked my friend Jarrett, uh, uh, like, what is this? And a couple people explain it to me, and they're like, here, just go to the network. You get you know it's 9.99 a month to get the first month free. I'm like great. And so I watch it, and my first thing I see is Mr. Ass, and I. I'm like, I know Mr. Ass. Like, I've heard the Ass Man song. like, like, I've heard that somewhere because it's like a meme. And they were facing the Ascension, who I just thought looked like total geeks. And I was like, go Mr. Ass. Go Mr. Ass. And then they lost. And I was like, oh, man. And uh, then I watched the rest of the Rumble. Uh, It had, I pulled the card for that. Uh, Because that was, like, in hindsight, that was a terrible shit. (laughs) <laughs> That's not a good show, and uh, this is why I think I'm kind of unique. Because this, I'm like the un- I might be the only fan that got-, that got created out of that dumpster fire of a show. Uh, yeah, that would have been like the Usos and Mizdow and the Miz, and then you had the Bella Twins and Paige and Natty, and like I don't remember anything from those. But then you had the Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, John Cena.
0: Oh match. yeah, that was a great match.
1: And yeah. I know who Brock is because I watched him on UFC. And I knew who John Cena was because he was, you know, he's a big star. He's one of, like, the, you know, three wrestlers that I knew. And I had no idea who Seth Rollins was. I had no idea who his two Flunkies were. I had no clue who Paul Heyman was. And so, you know, I'm watching this, and Brock just starts, you know, destroying people. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. This is great. (laughs) And... They tear the house down. Seth does the uh, the corner post elbow to Brock through the announce table, and then like that's you know phenomenal match. And so I was hooked. And uh, then you have the rumble, and I'm kind of mystified because that was that was a weird rumble. He get the Rock coming out, then he's like just booed. I have no oh, yeah, idea what's was, happening.
0: Yeah, that was the year that Roman won, and, and they sort of they sent Rock out basically to try and get Roman cheer, didn't they? But it didn't work at all. Yeah, so- and.
1: Well, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of, like, following up and trying to, like, talk with my friends through this. So it's like, Jarrett Neil Kendrick, who's, who was a part of, like, you know, in my baseball circle, but he's Brian Kendrick's brother. Like, yeah, like, what a connection, like, what a random connection to get. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there are a couple other people, and they're trying to explain to me, like, kind of like, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go to them, like, you know, watch their time, love watching my timeline, explain what's going on, and, like, it's just so weird, because, like, the crowd's dead, chance for Brian Brian I don't know if he's gonna come out or not
0: and he doesn't oh yeah because Ray Mysterio was number 30 was not he right I and rightly, yeah
1: actually I actually I knew who Ray was because I had a you know have a, a ps3 and so you could da- you could download like video game demos for free and so I would download like anything that seemed like of interest and there was like a, a WWE like arcade game or whatever and the two dudes you could play out and that demo was uh, Ray and Warrior So I knew who Ray was, uh, but like, man, yeah, that was weird, but I was hooked because that three-way, so I watched Raw, which is the Raw where JBL was on uh, top of Titan, towers in a snowstorm, and
0: and, uh,
1: I was hooked, you know, started watching SmackDown, and that pretty much continued for the next two, year and a half, two years?
0: So, what was the uh, first live show that you attended?
1: Uh, that would have been a wildcat wrestling show. It would have been my, my local indie. So, the thing you got to understand about Louisiana is that, like, our commission here, like, we're one of the like handful of states that still commissions like pro wrestling, and so they're and they're really strict, and uh, they're also pretty corrupt too. <laughs> but uh, that's another matter. But uh, so, like, we have like only like a couple of companies that run, and Wildcats, the main one. And they're, I mean, God bless them, they're not particularly like, good. You know, they're not like an AEW or anything like that. And Louisiana's not particularly a hot bit for talent. So there's not a whole lot of, you know, big names that are, are coming through. Um, they would, bring in some, like, old ECW guys, like Stevie Richards wrestled on the show and won some ancillary title. Uh, I ended up going, actually, because Brian Kendrick was there. I was hoping to meet Brian. I like, hey, I know your brother. And uh, he wrestled Bordell Walker. And uh, they, had, they had a damn good match. Uh, and, the, and the main event was uh, Buku Dao and uh, Shane Taylor, who I had, like, no idea who any of these dudes were at the time. Of course, Shane Taylor is now, like, you know, killing it in ROH TV. Buku Dao's uh, with, I think he's with TJT on MLW right now. And uh, from what right I hear, they're not doing too great. But like, who who does great in MLW? MLW is like where you just get like everyone's twenty fifth percentile outcome. They put together these great sounding matches, you watch them, and watching them, they're just like, yeah, you know, two star special. But uh, then, I mean, there's. I think Athena was on that show, Ember uh, Moon, and because oh, okay. uh, yeah. she had a match with some you know woman, and she you know like it's there and then she hits us like this corkscrew stunner and you're like oh my god that was incredible that's the coolest thing i've ever seen and then imagine they're so like oh wow i need to know more about that person and uh but yeah that was i had a good time that was like that was like mid 2016 so i had long since like stuffed the observer by then i was you know smart you know, I was a network subscriber and everything, so I was, you know, watching stuff, and I, I generally knew what was going on. I just hadn't been, like, educated as to, like, the, the independents yet, because I still kind of thought, thought of them as, like, pretty lovely. And when you get into independent wrestling, like, at first, like, if your intro is, like, PWG or AEW or, you know, AIW, or, you uh, know, to a lesser extent, you know, and you, you expect it to be, like, all these big names, like the guys that are on the scene at the time, like, uh, well, Chris Hero and Pentagon, Phoenix, you know, uh, Davy Richards, God bless Davy Richards, Adam Cole, guys like that, and this has none of them. So you kind of go into it thinking it's like you know mediocre, lower grade, it's like, nah, it's just that's just what our territory is, you know. So that's what most indies are, and it doesn't make it bad. It's just you know, it's just different. So uh, yeah, that was my first show. Had a good time.
0: So the next question is: At uh, what, at any point, did you lose interest in wrestling? So you started watching in like 2015. Did you say you sort of stopped around 2017? Is that right? Well, that was WWE. Oh,
1: for so, WWE, okay. But yeah, you know, by that time, I'd gotten into, it, and I, of course I hear Dave talk about the Dave and Brian talk about these great New Japan matches, you know, Okada and Tanahashi, and uh, you know, I see you know Jarrett and a bunch of other people because now I will start following more wrestling people know talk about you know new japan world and these incredible matches and like definitely like there's a thing where like even if you haven't like even if you haven't been around forever i think like crowd energy is like contagious and when you see people reject like the big show and Kane, even though they're like relatively new to you like i think that rubs off on the viewer and so like i had no reason to be tired of Kane. And, i mean they weren't very good at that point, but I had no reason to really be like tired of them, like, these fam- like the fans watching would have been, because you know they had been on TV for like 19 years at that point. Right. But them telling him to retire and him not really being very good, like it, it rubs off. And now I'm starting to feel like, man, this product's stale. Why are they, you know, why are they pushing these, you know, these 45-year-old dudes? Why are they good anymore? And you know, so. Uh, in addition to just like bad booking too, because like the that was the, the the Roman stuff was falling flat. Uh, the I the Kevin Steen John CNFU really pissed me off because they brought this guy up from you know NXT is great. They give him a huge win on pay per view, and then John just gets his win back and they, and they they move on. It's like like damn it like what why? <laughs> <laughs> and I I remember tell I remember saying I think that was. That would have been in twenty, like summer twenty sixteen, I think. And I sent Dave an email, like you know, with a show review and whatnot. And I was like, I'm done. And I wasn't done. But what I learned was that if you hit that wall, and if you hit that wall, and even if you're not done, like that means something. It means you're on thin ice with them, at, you know, at the very least. And I was like, six months later, I was watching, you know, New Japan, or not even. I signed up for New Japan World for the twenty sixteen G one and watched Kenny win and I'm like, "Oh my god, this stuff's incredible. Why am I watching this garbage?" <laughs> so I unsubbed after the 2017 rumble. And uh never never really looked back. Stuff, you know, got out of the habit of watching a weekly TV, I started picking up other stuff, you know, other indies, you know, just kind of, you know, popping in for matches and uh yeah, that's uh kind of how my, like my lineage went. was like the WWE to New Japan, and then kind of like slowly expanding And Then AEW came along, and now I'm the New Japan-AEW guy predominantly.
0: Well, the, the next question is, uh, what are your viewing habits now? So you watch AEW every week?
1: Every week, yeah. And,
0: and, you, follow, then, and you follow New Japan. Anything else besides those two? Uh,
1: I'm trying to keep up with Dragon Game more, but I slipped, I slipped off a little bit. Uh, there's I still haven't watched the uh, Skywalker uh, Sakamoto title match that got great reviews, and, uh, I popped, well, I was popping in a little bit for Noah, because, you know, Shiozaki got real over with those great matches he was having, but Mudo won the title, and he's, he can't move anymore, so, I'm, I'm done with Noah until, you know, until they get their shit back together, but, uh, yeah, predominantly AEW. Every now and then I'll turn, but it's baseball season, so I don't do this anymore. But I was turning on Dark for like background noise because Dark's not a show; it's a podcast. And you turn it on to kind of just like listen to like Excalibur and Taz vibe, and yeah, you know, just the wrestling just kind of on in the background. It's great background noise which I was like what—that's a, it's a certain variety of like TV wrestling that didn't that didn't really exist, you know, until Dark came around, like the the Saturday morning, like, you know, squash match show, where it's just, you know, kind of like Velocity or whatever, you know, where you just kind of turn it on, and it's there, and it's just it just vibes. But, uh, yeah, I, I try it. Uh, New Japan, like, kind of, I don't want to say it stinks, but it's, I've lost a lot of its luster after, uh, you know, during the pandemic. But I still watch big shows and the, the you know, big main events, big matches. Uh, that's, pretty much it. Because uh, the indies are dead, too. I used to kind of keep up with GCW, but, after you know, they've just gone down the crapper during the pandemic, and, you know, part of that and, you know, all the talents, just, the talent was bled dry And uh, Gage is out, too. And, like, I love Nick Gage. He, he's my favorite wrestler. Love him. And, uh, he was the heart and soul of that promotion. And without him and without fans, like, it kind of went to shit. And, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty... I'm pretty, like, you know, focused right now just on New Japan and AEW. Do you follow, and any, Gate.
0: Do you follow any WWE at all now?
1: No. I mean, I, I hear about it because I, you know, I have to. But it's... uh I generally... I don't... That could give a shit. Uh, NXT chased me off because I used to love NXT. Uh, That was back in...
0: Well, I, I don't,
1: can't tell you what my first takeover was. It was probably around like 2015, 16. And uh, the second Gargano-Ciampa match, the finish of that, which is just, it was terrible. It was a last-man-standing match, I think in Chicago, where they just murder each other for like 35 minutes. And the finish is Ciampa slumps over, and he stands up. <laughs> like He, he, he <laughs> slips off, off the stage, and he's just like, Unconscious, handcuffed to something, and he stands up. And like total, like straight out of '89 Crockett, Dusty Fin, you know, you know, Dusty roads booked finish. This awful dog shit. And so that chased me away. And uh, it, every every time I tune into NXT or hear something about NXT or try and watch old takeovers, I mean, I, I'm still trying to catch up on takeovers like two years later because like I missed all the the Adam Cole Reign, the Adam Cole Gargano match matches, and all that. I miss all that. And I've heard they're great, and I'm sure I love them, but it's just hard to get, you know, watch old wrestling for me that I'm not, like, particularly invested in. And so, yeah, this, man, I, I, I watched a little bit of, uh, like, the takeover from, the Night 2, I think. I kind of wanted to see the cross-Balor match, and, man, it's just, I, I just don't like the aesthetic. I don't like the, the, the presentation anymore. I don't, it's just, man, it it just feels like way too much. Like, I I miss those old, like that old NXT where it was very simple. And, and uh, just like, bare to the bones. You know, this guy's gonna wrestle this guy because he wants to, you know, he wants to prove that he's better. Or, this guy powerbombed this guy in the apron and now he wants to wrestle him and prove that he's better. And now it's just like, Melodramatic, Shawn Michaels. I'm gonna stare at my hands, you know, shit. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that in my wrestling. I like Davey Richards beating the shit out of Shingo Takagi. That's what I like in my wrestling. <laughs> Dumb jock wrestling. I love that shit. I don't want melodramatic, you know, you know high school, high school choreography. Uh, choreography is not the wrong word because I'm loving a good spot fest, but you know what I mean. I don't want that high school play, over dramatic, you know, bullshit. And yeah. that's what NXT is now. I don't like that.
0: Well, it kind of went wrong when it it went from being on the network to being on the USA network, didn't it? Really, I mean that that's where I think a lot of people stopped. Um, it, it didn't. I mean, takeovers are still good, but there was like a time when, from like 2015 to like say 2018, where takeovers were just one after another, were just must-see, you know, fantastic shows. But now, I mean, they're, they're still good, but they're not what they were.
1: Yeah, it seems like a lot of the booking went, like, because around, like, 2018, which is where I dropped off, like, people were tossing, like, out to have a conversation with Jared, because we went to Mania Weekend together, because it was in my backyard in New Orleans in 2018, and we were talking about, like, the best bookers of all time, and he mentions, like, Triple H, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's too early, and I was right, it was too early, because the booking, what the hell, (laughs) and, uh, you know, they didn't have to do that. No one told them that they had to hotshot a bunch of shit and, you know, try and, you know, compete with AEW. They, you know, they could have tried to, you know, stuck to their process or whatever, but, yeah, it was more like the tonal shift in the stories that they were trying to tell with, like, mainly just like the tonal shift in presentation of the product around like 2017 that drove me off. But, yeah, it just, man, I hear stuff now and it just sounds rough. Like, and, like, I'm, like, like, this this gets to something else you're gonna ask me about later, but like, I get conflicted about like my feelings on like the greater wrestling land, well not the greater wrestling landscape, just WWE in general, about whether or not I want them to do well or, or I want them to do badly, because they're they're you know like objectively an evil company, and they're bad for pro wrestling. They want to monopolize it, and I don't like I don't like their vision of pro wrestling. I think it sucks, but at the same time I know what happens if you kill that company. You know, maybe in a couple of years and you know, if AEW keeps on, you know, keeps the wheels turning, it'll be it'll be alright. But if you if you kill that company, man, that's you know, that's a big blow. And I don't know what happens. And uh, so I don't know if I really want that to happen or if I just want them to get better and presentable again. Yeah. But that's not gonna happen either. So, you know, neither of these things are gonna happen. They're gonna you know, the money's gonna keep coming in, just you know, in spite of themselves. So Yeah. <laughs> So if you can't tell, I ramble, like, a lot. <laughs> no, it's good,
0: it's good, it's good. Um, so the, the first set of questions, when I, when, I, when I devised this podcast, I thought the first set of questions would take up the, the majority of the show, and then the next set of questions would be rapid fire. We'd quickly go through them at the end. But to be honest with you, these questions are not rapid fire at all. They, they probably take as much time as the first set of questions. But the, the first question is, favourite wrestler of all time? So if you have to choose just one person for that, who would you go with?
1: So it's like a cross between, like, Nick Gage and Shibata. Because, like, Gage's entire career is, like, not really for me. Like, I love, like, hardcore deathmatch stuff, but, you know, I've seen some of his, you know, the early CZW stuff, and it's just, like, there's something missing. And there's something that he got a little bit after he got out of prison, where he just like has it, like he he war- you know, his, his stuff doesn't look so light anymore. He has like this aura about him where he's like a badass dude who you don't want to mess with, and you know the 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 one guy like he feels real, and that's extremely hard to do. There, you know, you can count like on one hand the amount of people in wrestling that feel real. He's one of them, and like I love that about him. It it, it gives his matches like an aura that. No one else on the independents has, and a few other people in wrestling have. It's like, you know, him, Brock, uh, goodness, I Walter, I I don't think Walter, like, Walter has some of that, but I don't don't look at Walter as being like a, you know, real, like a real badass. You know, he works stiff, and his matches are great, he beats the shit out of people, but I don't, you know, I don't view him as being like... Like, the guy who would meet you and beat you up in the parking lot afterwards because you challenged him to a fight. Like, I don't see that. Walter's the guy who, you know, he goes and does his work, and then he goes and sits on his couch and watches football. <laughs> Soccer, I should say. But, uh yeah, like, so I love that about him. And I love that about, about Shabbat too. Like, Shabata felt real. And his fire was just so, like, it just, man, like, it was just bursting out of him. I love that fighting spirit and, you know, just the sheer like, force that he brings to all of offense, and he's just, uh, like, I love that, and um uh, yeah, I, you know, I I wish he could, I wish he could wrestle again, but, eh, oh well uh and of course Brian Kendrick, because I, you know I, you know, I love his brother so, he is, I, so I've <laughs> kind of grown attached to his work too and all the little things that he does, I love him, uh, yeah
0: Favourite match of all time?
1: Uh, Naito Okada from the 2020 Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, that's, that was incredible. That's the best match I've ever seen. And, uh, granted, it doesn't mean as much, because I'm, you know, 26, and I've seen only, like, a, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to make my way through, from, through, like, classic all of Japan, and I haven't seen a whole lot of, like, the, the big flare stuff, but, like, that match is just a master class. And, uh, I, I think it's... I don't want to say it's underrated because like Dave gave it five but five you know it's like five now seems low because he I see him go like five and a quarter you know <laughs> six and a quarter it's like ah. and so it's like man like, so five now feels like under underwhelming uh, which is not that match that match is incredible uh, there's also the Omega Nitro G1 final from I think that's 2017 you know the one I'm talking about where they just kill themselves and kill each other for 36 minutes. That match just breezes by. Uh, there, the Okada Tanahashi, uh, title defense, where Okada, like, tied him for the, like, tied Tanahashi's, uh, record for, like, most, like, most like most matches in a, in a rain. And, uh, it was the one before the Dominion, the, the one before the second Dominion Omega match. So, uh, that match was just absurd. Uh, yeah, there's I watched one last night. It was Davey vs. Takami. That was incredible. <laughs> I went five ones from Dragon Gate USA in O nine. That was it, that was amazing. That's one of my favorite matches. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much like the, the top end of it. You, know, you can go deep into like G Ones and you know certain G one matches that I've given five stars to that stand out. Like there's an Okada Elgin match from like a night three or you know, night four block B G1 match that is incredible uh, there's an Omega Suzuki G1 match that's you know, one of my favorite Suzuki matches ever uh, yeah it, it, yeah you, you can kind of like, get a sense of the kind of wrestling I like <laughs> uh, yeah
0: this so and you were telling me before yeah. we started recording that you actually keep a spreadsheet of all this stuff as well so you sort of can keep up with uh, like you do match ratings and that kind of thing
1: Yeah, it's my day sheet, because I I, uh, I need to keep track of, like, the award stuff, too. So, uh, I have, like, one tab that has, like, my little uh, ballot layout for the days, then, like, the the wrestling log, and there are a couple other things on the bottom. Like, I polled a bunch of my friends a couple years back for, like, their top 15 matches on the WWE Network, because, you know, I figured the Network would be around forever, and if I ever wanted to resubscribe and watch this stuff, I could, but no. So... There's like a bunch of my friends put have you know their favorite matches, and so I'd go and like watch some of them because I wanted to you know learn more about you know history of wrestling or, that was available on the network and uh only got into some of it it's and, like it's hard for me to watch wrestling like if it's not like live and in the moment like it's hard for me to have like to just sit down unless it's like a friend or something else to sit down and watch a bunch of old stuff like it just is my attention span just isn't that strong. I'm bad ADHD. So, it's, uh it makes it kind of rough, but, yeah, a couple other, like, you know, I have a bunch of, I have a a little spreadsheet with all these feuds, on like the old territorial feuds that I wanted to go back and watch one day, you know, like the the Free, what, Free Birds, Von Erics, all the Undertaker, mania matches, before I realized Undertaker sucked, and, you know, only got good after he stopped wrestling year-round. Um, and that's a bit of an exaggeration, but that's largely more true. Like like no one's gonna go back and watch those like the first handful, like all those old Undertaker matches suck, like from the like yeah. early mid nineties. Yeah, he's awful. And it's trying kind to of romanticize with like, oh man, I like think... he so slow and he'd jump out with this fierce attack. And it's like, no, you're saying that he sucks and he didn't do anything
0: <laughs> I think the first really great WrestleMania match he had may have been seventeen with Triple H. Uh, and then Mm -hmm. they're pretty good from then on but there's there's like the whole the first Sean match through till maybe the Brock match which obviously wasn't very good for obvious reasons because he had the concussion but right though all those matches the the two Triple H matches the two Sean matches the CM Punk one they're all really great matches oh great yeah
1: I've seen those yeah I love those especially the Punk match because that's just not one you hear really Talked about like often in the same range, in the same thing as like the, the Triple H matches the Shawn matches, but I, I thought they were close. You know, Lady like, that's Puck's performance in that is yeah you know, great. Didn't uh, like the Triple H like the I guess I watched X Seven a couple like about a year ago uh, trying to do it in line with like, the Brian and Vinny you know the retro uh, the retro reviews right. So I've been listening to those for like god you know since I subscribed. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was alright. It was fun. But it's just kind of, like, sandy Crown brawl. They missed the big camera shot when he goes off the, you know, the, the thing. So, uh, yeah. It was a fun, That's Good show, though.
0: Oh, great. It's kind of
1: funny. Because, like, people talk about that as, like, an all-time show now. And, like, it doesn't hold a candle to, like, the 2017 Wrestle Kingdom that had, like, Shibata Goto. Who was that? Kishida. Was that, like, Kishida Hiromu. And uh, Naito Tanahashi and Okada Omega, like, like X 7 don't hold a candle to that. Show. <laughs> <laughs> we we need to update our parlance. Like I wonder what, and I know this is all like relative to the time, and like Dave and Lanza from Voice of Wrestling got into this argument because they're talking past each other too about uh, like how, like how to treat like wrestling, like you know old wrestling, and uh, so like I get that. Like Canadian Stampede was one of the best pay-per-views of you know all time at its time, but it's not anymore. There have been a bunch better since. We need to update, we I mean, to update our like you know our, our rolodex for great shows.
0: So what? Speaking of great shows, what is the best show you've been to live?
1: So I've not been to many shows because you know L- has doesn't have great wrestling unless we're hosting a Mania weekend. And so I was lucky enough to go to the May weekend in 2018 and go to pretty much everything I wanted. Uh, So I was looking at that, and it's got to be either like that WrestleCon super show or the uh, Red Pro show from that year, which are both great. Uh, I went to the Ring of Honor show instead of the NXT show, which was a mistake. uh, Because I would have gone to the NXT show. That would have been the best, <laughs> best live show I've ever <laughs> seen because that show <laughs> was great. That show was amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's gotta be one of those because let let's see. The Rev Pro Show had, uh, well, the WrestleCon Super Show had the like the Bandito Suomita versus Phoenix and uh, Horus tag. That was great. It had. But Adam Brooks, Sammy Gravara, Shane Strickland, Will Ospreay, 4-Way. That was great. But, yeah, the, the retro show had the Sabre and Ishii match. It had six man between Gordon, Flip, Abushi, Shane Strickland versus Chuck Taylor, Romero, and Ospreay. But Osprey's really, really good. So it's one of those two shows. The WWN Super Show was really good, too, but I wasn't paying attention for a lot of it. But it had, this, it had the Sekimoto-Keith Lee match and that, like, criminally great... Matt Riddle, Will Ospreay match. That main evented. But uh, it was WWE and it was like gage shit. So I just didn't really <laughs> pay a whole lot of attention. <laughs> I was going around <laughs> trying to meet people while I'm watching the match in the background. But uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I went to a Ring of Honor show in 2019 when I was up there. Yeah, was, that, was that 2019? No, I think that was 2018 too. Uh, yeah, it was a Super Part of Honor. No, 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 that was... That was the one that was here. This was uh, Final Battle, and that had a ladder match. And that was my first, like, real, like, professional ladder match that I'd seen up close, and that was great. Uh, and so, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is five stars. And I go back and watch it on tape, and it's, like, four stars. It's very good. It's not, you know, it's one of the best matches of all time. But, uh, yeah, I, I wish Louisiana had know more wrestling because i'd go to it new orleans is far away that region neither so you know i'd be i'm smack dab in the middle of them both but yeah, it's unfortunate but what are you gonna do they'll be back here for mania sometime soon anyway they love
0: running here and the final question i ask everyone is if you could change one thing about the business what would it be so uh yeah what was the one thing that you i mean you kind of Touched on it a little bit earlier, I guess, when you were saying you don't really know if you want Dolphie to, to yeah, carry on I, much longer. I don't
1: know if like it, it, it'd be better like better for wrestling if they died, right? Like I don't know. Uh, if Dynamite's going to routinely like pulling you know fours and you know one point two million people, like there's something for like people to fall into. Like you know, it's not going to just like fall into nothing. You know, it's not going to like oh, impacts the, the only wrestling that's left on TV now. So, it's, you know, there's something there. They've pissed away so many guys' careers. Yeah, it's, like, like, people would, like, freak out about Cesaro. Cesaro's been there for, like, almost a decade. He's done jack shit. And, like, that, that's criminal. They had Brody Lee there forever, and, you know, he was you know, part of a great-sex man for a while. And after that, he didn't really, didn't really do much. They gave him a little bit of shine on SmackDown for, like, six weeks. That was a that was a great time for SmackDown. The Ryan Ward run SmackDown. That was after the first brand split with uh, AJ on top. That was really good. But uh, aside from that, like man, you have one of the best like big men in the business, and they're just doing nothing with them. Sucks. Yeah. I hate that. And you know Vince is evil. <laughs> it's, it's you know all the stuff he's done. You know covering up child molestation. Killing, you know, covering, uh, helping cover up, you know, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Snook, uh, you know, the murder, with the murder of Nancy Argentino. Misclassification of workers. Uh, killing Owen Hart, you know, like... Uh, like, uh, like I, I, I can't root for that guy's company. <laughs> like, you know, the NX, they're trying to do... Uh, NXT UK destroying their scene. Although that would have happened later, because, you know, they're a bunch of pedophiles. But, you know, they're trying to do the same to you know, Japan and Mexico, like, you know, they want to own, they want to monopolize wrestling. That's not good. It's not good for anyone. And so, you know, eh, that'd probably be better if they, you know, they end up dying before they, you know, get a in before they get bought out by Comcast or Disney or NBC or whatever. But, uh, aside from that, I mean, like, it'd be cool if like, you know, workers got, you know, you know, protection, benefits, things like that. Uh, I mean, because, like, there's there's not really, I don't, I mean, I wish the indies were better, but, like, that's not, like, yeah, you know, there's no route to that, because both companies are going to be just buying up dudes, you know, to, you know, until they're full, so, then you know, that's, ah, man, like, I mean, that's really about it, like, I wish Ghetto would, you know, get his head out of his ass, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that, that, the the big picture thing would probably just be getting rid of w w e and I, that, and like we talked about earlier that has a bunch of like you know side effects that i i i don't know what would happen you know choosing the mystery door uh so who knows I, I i just you know i just want my wrestling to be good
0: Brady thanks so much for coming on uh i think this is just like I think it's fair to say this is slightly different to the normal kind of podcast we do because obviously you're 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 younger than some of the other guests we've had on, so your fandom is is quite short in comparison to some people who've been watching it for decades. Uh, but you offer a very unique perspective on on the business, and that's why I really wanted to get you on uh, because uh, I see some of your comments on the the podcast uh, Facebook group, and yeah, I, I think um, this guy knows his shit, and you know you you obviously. Uh, you don't mince your words which I like as well so uh, yeah, yeah thanks yeah. Thanks, a lot. <laughs> thanks a lot for coming on
1: well thank you for bringing me on I had
0: fun I hope people enjoy it as well because I don't want people to be put off because they don't particularly share your and that's the great thing about the uh, the group though isn't it because a lot of people have different opinions and no one ever gets you know to the point where they're like well I don't want to be here anymore because you don't agree with me yeah, everyone's sort of yeah, accepting everyone else's opinion but-
1: a couple of people do. I got, I've been blocked a couple times, so I don't really give a shit. Uh, it's like... Because, like, I mean, I, I, I like Dynamite a lot. I love AEW. They're not perfect by any means, but, you know, they're largely, you know, good. Like, the right people win their matches, and, you know, their stories are pretty, you know, concrete, even if they tell a bunch of them at once. But, like, I don't mind that. You know, so it's... uh And... It's nice, because like, I hear a lot of, like, you know, the criticisms of the show, and I, I get that, like, you know, Fight Game is lower on Dynamite relative to other sources, you know, but I hear from, what, Dave, you know, the Dave side, the VOW side, and I hear about stuff in the group, and it's nice to kind of get everything from all angles, because for as young as I am, there's a lot that I don't know, and so even if I think you're wrong, or Whatever, or you know, I think your complaint is, you know, not sound. It doesn't make sense. It's illogical. It's good to understand where people are coming from or why they feel that way because you're educating yourself on just you know the you know on just different types of fandom. So that's kind of how I view it.
0: No, it's great. Um, I've really enjoyed. I really enjoyed doing the podcast. I've got some great guests lined up. In fact, on the next podcast. Double G himself will be joining me. So that'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. I've got some... And also Chris Sams is coming up. He said you're quite keen to hear Chris's show as well.
1: Yeah, I like Chris. We seem to connect well. No, like he's... Like he's we seem to, you know, like the same stuff and have the same thought process or at least, come, you know, come to the same end. You know, we're on a lot of stuff. I like him. He's really, really, really smart too. Garrett is too. Not the to very Garrett, you know. <laughs> yeah, Garrett's good. I had him on, I had him on a pod... But uh, it was, well, it was my friend show, and I kind of hijacked my friend show, and it shouldn't have, <laughs> <But> <laughs> I really wanted to talk to Garrett, because it was like, it was right after Garrett started doing his shows with Dave, and they were, like, great, because, like, I, I love Dave, and I love Brian, but their shows have gotten, like, kind of, like, they're very samey, and the Garrett shows kind of, like, bring out, like, a different side, and they're much more easier listens. And so, I think it's more,
0: they're more conversational and they also aren't recorded like two o'clock in the morning as well, which I think really helps.
1: Right, which is what I like. It's why I like the flagship. It's why I like, you know, a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they're conversational. And uh, so, I wanted to talk to him about it and (laughs) hijacking my poor friend's, like, you know, podcasts. He was not happy. He was, un- he was so unhappy it. it. didn't get recorded, so I got lost in the ether. And I, th- I think he left because he he didn't feel like he could get a word in which was totally my fault because I was overexcited.
0: <laughs> so, uh,
1: yeah, but that's how I got to know Garrett. And, uh, yeah, good guy.
0: Yeah, and so Garrett's going to be on the next podcast. But, Brady, thanks for joining me on this week's. Uh, for Brady, I'm David signing off. Thank you for listening.